are you, boys? Good, mate. How are you? Good. Very good. Nice enjoying this nice warm weather. Yeah, a bit of rain around. Mm. Yeah, last bit of summer, eh, I guess. Yeah. One last push, and we should be uh, getting into the cold weather. How's the weather over there, Mick? <laughs> yeah, very good over here. Uh, we've, we're in the rain season, but we've actually had a little bit of uh, a lull for the last week, which has been nice. It's just been very sunny, you know, humidity building, sucking all that moisture out of the, the cane fields and the ground. So, uh, yeah, nice and warm over here at the moment, boys. Nice, nice. Hey, how long have we been doing this podcast for? Where did we start? Was it, is it about a year? Coming up on a year. Really? I feel like it was probably conceived about a year ago, the idea of doing the podcast. Yep. yep. I think the first episode was May. Okay. so we just First did, episode yeah. that we released, I think we did a little bit pre-planning before that, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we had a couple of false starts, didn't we? We sort yeah. of intricacies of recording and how we wanted to put it across. Yeah. Did a couple of little test runs. Mm. Probably, so I yeah. think that was early May. Mm-hmm. I reckon yeah. this time last year we were sitting down talking about it, mm. sort of working out uh, the nuts and bolts of uh, how it was going to come together. Because the reason I ask is over this nearly 12 months, I've incorporated a lot of things that we've discussed and studied on this podcast. So I, w- I was just curious as to what you guys have um, have incorporated into your lives, into your health, well-being and fitness lives based on what we've talked about. Mm. Do you think have you introduced anything in, like things in particular? I reckon the alcohol episode for me was massive. I didn't realize how bad it was for you. I you know, I, I think we talked about it during the episode and how 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 you know, the media portrays it, how society portrays alcohol. But, you know, two two or three a day is fine, you know. Just just have it in moderation. That's okay. You should be you should be good. But all of that deep dive that I did into it suggested that any alcohol is no good. So, yeah, I've really cut back on that and had a pretty had a had a pretty big session mid November and since then I've barely had a drink. Yeah, right. Um I did have and once again, social constructs. I did have one um, at a wake the other day. But, uh, yeah, apart from that, I've really knocked it back. And I think I actually really – what I worked out is I really quite enjoyed that ritual of having a beer in the afternoon, especially during summer in Perth. It's hot. You know, you might be working around the house. It's good to grab a beer. And I think I mentioned in our alcohol episode, what's the point in non-alcoholic beer? <laughs> I specifically <laughs> remember going, you know, what's the point in that? Well, but I've definitely, I've definitely adopted having a non-alcoholic beer in the afternoon, which it's that sort of ritualistic aspect of it and quite a bit of a thirst quencher. So I've... Started having non-alcoholic beer in the Arvo, which it's good and bad. Mm. There's there's been some hit and miss ones, but uh, yeah, I've definitely cut back alcohol almost to zero. There's, there'll be probably a few occasions where I'll try it, but that's probably been the biggest one for me. Yeah, right. And I guess until you get rid of it, a cousin of mine or a couple of cousins both went cold turkey fully off the alcohol, haven't had a drop for three years. But I just, I've found that everything is better without it. I sleep better. I wake up better. And I, I was almost, even a couple of beers or a, or a red wine at night, I would, I would find I'd wake up with a bit of a headache and think, what's that about? What, what, oh, maybe I'm not getting enough oxygen as I sleep or, is it too hot or is the room not cool enough? Am I, whatever it might be. And I think now N equals one experiment on myself, cutting that alcohol out has helped completely yeah. with a lot of stuff. Good on you for doing that, mate. And that's, that's mm. a lot about how you, how we learn about how to adapt our lifestyle, isn't it? Like just little experiments, mm. little, little biohacks. Yeah. So, you know, you eliminate something and you, and you sort of gauge the results. Yeah. And I don't really want to have one, 
an, an alcoholic drink after dark anymore. Yeah, um, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, a morning drinker. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of of of, yeah. Bit of a whiskey on <laughs> ice. Yeah. Yeah. Out of I am a uh, little pick me up. <laughs> as long as it's as long as it's during the day, I'm all good. Nah, but I think that night time, the disruption of circadian rhythms and we, you know, you're told, oh, have a couple of drinks and it'll knock you out and you'll go mm. to sleep. But waking up, sometimes I'd wake up sweating two or three hours after getting to bed and then not being able to get to bed. And I've put that down solely to alcohol. Yeah. CJ, what's, uh, you got a tip on a good non-alcoholic beer? Have you... Tried a few different brands, or oh, name them. I've tried them. Yeah, okay. The last what's your what's your one you're on at the months. moment? If you're going to choose uh, one, there's a heaps normal. It's called oh, heaps yeah. normal lager. Right. Yeah. If if you if you like a bit of fruit, you know the XPAs. Mm. There's a um, heaps normal. Do another one of those. I think it's an XPA hazy or something. I wonder if they do a non-alcoholic stout or a porter. Have you oh, ever come across oh like I haven't heavy? seen those. Yeah. No, I'm sure they could. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, because at the local farmer's market, they sell non-alcoholic wine. There's actually now, you know, like an aisle in the supermarkets pretty much. Not an aisle, sorry. A section of an aisle dedicated to non-alcoholic drinks. You sort of wonder whether society is sort of moving towards an evolution where toxic substances like alcohol that have such a that can have such a detrimental effect on society, like, you know, um, violence, uh, domestic violence, alcoholism, disease, that sort of stuff. And and you sort of sense that there's, around the world, there's becoming these, um, like, uh, uh, removals of um, illegal illegalisation of sort of more, um, I don't know, well-being sort of drugs in inverted commas. So, like, yeah your cannabis oils uh, or cannabis, um, like your psychedelic mushrooms and stuff like that. I know a lot of governments around the world are looking at, um, uh, what's the word, delegalising? Decriminalising. Decriminalising. <laughs> Delegalising. Yeah. <laughs> uh, those sort of substances. So I wonder whether, you know, we're just becoming, evolving to a point where we're realising that this alcohol is a detrimental thing to human bodies and human society and other things can actually that have we, a better effect. That we once thought were bad maybe aren't so bad and they have some decent properties. Because yeah. I know they're doing a lot of work with psychedelics on PTSD and Depression. even... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, even even M- with MDMA. I think uh, I listened to a TED Talk the other day and it was like uh, psychedelics for people with um, terminal illness who are going to die. Yeah, right. And... Um, they were giving them like quite a large dose, and they were sort of coming out and coming out with no fear of death. Yeah, yeah right. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's pretty fascinating. And yeah. I, I, there's some studies also that um, uh, psilocybin, uh, which is found in some mushrooms, can actually help prevent sort of uh, Alzheimer's and dementia if, if had in small doses during life. So like micro dosing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I've heard that with uh, lion's mane, which is just a over-the-counter legal. Yeah. Uh, mushroom as well and I, I actually take lion's mane um, and it is supposed to promote nerve growth yeah uh, you know in the brain and also I guess yeah there's a know, few bot- people I don't know if you know the surfer Owen Wright he he's an Aussie guy uh, he he got a TBI traumatic brain injury mm. got smashed on a wave and pretty much credits his comeback to lion's mane lion's mane yeah yeah, wow. yeah it's fascinating yeah and it's funny, have you guys seen like what a lion's mane uh, mushroom looks yeah, like? Yeah, they're cool, hey? It's like this big sort of bright white furry circle. It almost, yeah. if you zone out, it almost kind of looks a bit like a brain. Yeah, A little right. bit. Yeah. Like, you know, if you get too close, it doesn't. But yeah. Well, there is this, um, the discussion about, you know, different foods that look like certain parts of the anatomy yeah. are good for those, you know, walnuts are good for the brain. Yep. Yeah, they um, look like a brain, don't they? A yeah. walnut, the two halves. Avocados are good for your nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I think eyes, isn't it? Is it? Well, yeah. even like they say in the, Eggs uh, are good for the, eyes. the primal health uh, eating thing, like if you want to ha- have a healthy heart, eat heart and things yeah, like that because yeah. you've got all the nutrients yeah. in there. I heard that was bullshit. I, I, I heard somewhere on some sort of podcast, I'm sure. That? I think it might have been uh, on a Joe Rogan thing where they were talking about eating the the animals that they hunt, mm. uh, and they just they made that connection. And, and apparently, some guy was saying that that's not 
it's a fallacy. It's not true that eating the organ does not ben- of another animal does not benefit that organ for you. Uh, I don't I have to stop eating so many testicles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought I'd just keep eating um, Lots Ox's, of plums. Ox's penis. <laughs> Tiger penis super size, isn't that You like won't Chinese, stop eating uh, that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Mick? that makes sense, though, doesn't it? Sorry, to, I'll let, let Mick go. Yeah, Mick. Doesn't it, it make sense to eat, if you want a healthy heart, eat some more heart? Seems like it would have all the structural components in it, obviously, to build your heart, to maintain it. Yeah. It's like if a heart needs a certain amount of this mineral and this vitamin and everything like that, well, you know, if you want to have a healthy heart, it would it makes sense to me just from a logical point of view that that would contain the things you need. Yeah. So if you're low on, I don't know, your heart needs selenium or something like that, and you would think another heart would probably have selenium in it. Well, you, you so does that mean if we eat sheep's brains, we're going to be become stupid? <laughs> become? <laughs> and, w- and walk around and follow people? Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> follow what we're told. Aren't they talking <laughs> about banning, f- like, um, what are the drug agencies, Wasada and, you know, those world anti-doping agencies are banning eating testicle because there's... Too much testosterone in them. Really? Mm. I didn't know that. Bioavailable testosterone. Yeah, right. So it right. pumps your levels up. I don't know. I had heard that. Just eating a big plate of balls for dinner. Yeah. Yeah. Mick, have you um, eaten a big plate of... I mean, um, have you <laughs> heard anything about <laughs> eating organ meats? That yeah, look, I, I, uh, I, I, I was led to believe that there was certainly some scientific evidence indicating that there was... Um, structural and physical benefits and, you know, a, a consistency in the tissue and things like that that uh, that definitely benefited it. I think just jumping back into what you said, Rue, um, I've just written down a point as you guys were sort of meandering in chat there and uh, I, I don't think we would ever see you know, the prohibition of alcohol or any negative substance uh, from a government. I think the shift would have to come from within humanity because... I think if we look at the the management of the pandemic from a from a government perspective, not to drag us down in the doldrums again, but anything that was healthy, we we, we were remitted from doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we could still go to a bottle shop. Exactly. Totally. And, uh, we, so so you know anything that is that is health adverse will we, never be removed as an option from society. There will be things like smoking, which. Yeah, there's so much negative rhetoric, uh, you know, through mainstream society that they will have to place, you know, imagery on packaging and things like that. But we're still, you know, there still hasn't been a global ban on the smoking of tobacco or, or smoking cigarettes. So the government will never ban that. I know that this isn't being cynical. I know it will come across like that, but I know there's a lot of people who agree with us and it, it will never be banned because the implications of alcohol use, the implications on brain health, on uh, organ health, liver health, kidney health, uh, all of that stuff, and the I guess the ongoing treatment of instances of cancer, dementia, you know, through pharmaceutical use, it's such a big, big earner for these people Uh, and for that reason there will never ever be a removal of the use of of these substances um mate i agree with you and 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 when i said that i actually was referring to society's evolution i wasn't sort of indicating any government because i totally agree that governments they don't want us to be healthy but i just think um the consumer's dollar is going to dictate evolution in a way of of products that are provided so when cj mentioned earlier there's more uh non-alcoholic wine Uh, and i guess the more and you know non-alcoholic beer and i guess the more of these sales increase we'll see an evolution and obviously retailers or or producers of these things realize that shit people want this sort of stuff Mm. so they're they're realizing an evolution in society in some way yeah 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 absolutely and Mick, what what sorry, mate? Yeah, I'm just going to let Mick um, touch on anything that he's introduced uh, since we've started the podcast. Um, look, guys, the podcast has been massive for me, uh, and and I can't thank you guys enough because you know uh, my my the majority of my uh, long lasting friendships are back home, and and I've been um, over in Queensland on a on an adventure over here with the family and connecting in with you guys who I consider three of my closest friends. 
regularly through a difficult period has been massive. Um, outside of that, uh, some of the major takeaways for me, and I think, you know, I was sitting down and I was journaling a bit about this through the week, and a lot of what we've brought up is stuff like what we're talking about is stuff that we've, we're already sort of doing or we had a knowledge about, but what the podcast has done for me is bring it back into my, I guess the forefront of my thought processes. And it's made me realize how important my own health is. And the, the reason I think that's been really important for me is because, you know, going through the journey I have with my wife for the last six years, I think, what I've realized is I actually neglected my own health. Uh, and, and I really put her at the forefront of, of all of my decision-making and thoughts. And, and my kids were also, you know, secondary to her. And, and then way down the list was me. And so what I've realized is that probably through that neglect, uh, I've, I've seen an elevation in my stress levels and uh, I've gone away from a lot of the day-to-day things uh, that, you know, I would encourage you three to do or I'd encourage my, you know, I've been encouraging my wife to do for a long time. So I just picked out three really um, massive ones that I've re-implemented. One is um, I periodical fast every day till midday, religiously, uh, and feel a, a thousand times better for it. I'm much more conscious of my uh, technology use, so I think I had definitely, you know, fallen into a bit of a habit of, uh, you know, picking up a phone and that sort of thing. And now in the mornings, um, I don't pick up my phone at all. Uh, my wife normally gets up and goes to CrossFit first thing in the morning. As soon as she wakes, she wakes me. I head straight outside. I get into the morning sun uh, straight away in the morning. I think Jonesy was the person who spoke about this in one of our podcasts, but I get that morning sun straight in my face. I sit out there, and the first thing I do is I just meditate for 10 minutes in the morning. And the state at which I'm then starting my day rather than in stress or you know looking at my phone or whatever is completely different. When I then re-engage back into the house and normally the kids are starting to wake by that point, I just feel like a different person uh, and, and it's it's just been an amazing way to start my day. And I tick off two things that are really important to me straight away, which is just going and having some contemplation time in the morning and doing a little bit of meditation for myself. And the last one, which I can thank you for, Rue, uh, which was, I guess, a bit of a stimulation for my immune system is I implemented in the spirulina and chlorella every single day. And uh, I guess the irony is I was looking forward to coming on today and saying, you know, since I did this, um, I remember Rue saying he got his mum to do it and she hasn't been sick and, you know, she avo- you guys avoid colds and that sort of thing. I actually got a cold last week. Mm. But since I implemented that probably four or five months ago, I've just felt amazing. My immune system's been thriving, uh, you know, and, and I guess through doing the other things I do feel a reduction in stress and all that sort of stuff. So they'd be three really big ones for me. Good on you, mate. That's a, that's a that early morning light's a great one. Man. Yeah. 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 And I probably, it was on the back of the research, you know, thinking about what we're going to talk about with sunlight is when I found that one. So that was probably due to this podcast doing that research that I came across that and so many people talk about it being a positive thing. Yeah, mate, I, I'm totally it wakes with you. you up really, yeah, it's, uh, really well. that has changed my life and particularly um, changed my morning routine as well. And because I think at the time we started this podcast, my sleep was pretty, pretty poor. I'd be waking up in the middle of the night and, you know, two o'clock and struggling to go back to sleep, that sort of thing. And, um, just looking, just the, the sunlight, vitamin D episode that we did, uh, the sleep episode that we did, I, I learned a lot from it. So Mick, I'm pretty similar to you now. Um, I've adopted some changes in the morning. Uh, the first thing I do is I uh, get out of bed, I walk out my front door, which faces east, and I look at the morning sun. I look in the direction of the morning sun. And it's a beautiful time of the day. The, the sky is this beautiful orange um, and the birds, there's so many birds around and they're out, obviously, you know, early bird catches the worm, they're out doing their thing and it's just a, a beautiful time of the day and I guess I do 
I don't sit down and meditate, but I just sort of I, I practice a bit of gratitude. I, I just sort of feel thankful for the day ahead and for that actual moment um, that I've been given. And, and I do believe that that kicking off my circadian rhythm by looking at the morning sun has definitely helped my sleep. Um, I go back inside. I uh, knock back my apple cider vinegar with um, some spirulina, magnesium, and um, some NMN, uh, which is the the precursor to the NAD that we spoke about. Uh, which and is that based? You do that now based on what we talked about in that's episode, right, or you're yeah. already doing that? No, no, I did that. Oh, yeah. uh, the NMN um, has been an in inclusion in my supplementation since uh, discussing it with Smitty and getting some info from Smitty, which I really appreciated. Uh, then once I've done that, I go straight into a cold shower or I jump into my cold pool. Um, obviously, being summer, my pool's a bit warmer, so I've just been having a cold shower for three minutes every day, uh, and that starts my day off perfectly. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's. I've also just incorporated, um, well, eliminated a few things. So after our toxins episode uh, and researching toxins, um, I now use homemade soap. I go to a, a certain supplier and buy homemade soap. I um, use organic deodorant, got rid of the deodorant I was using, which I thought had no aluminium, but it had some sort of product in it that, that wasn't good. Um, using fluoride-free toothpaste uh, and also avocado sunscreen. So I've eliminated yeah. all sunscreen. And the beauty of it is my family have adopted these things as well, yeah. which I'm really proud about. That's awesome, yeah. Yeah. Um, we've never had uh, you know seed oils in the house either, so I didn't really have to eliminate those. Um, but definitely the sleep and at night I've been now having a little sleep routine, um, which Smitty, I can again, thank you for, uh, the HTP five, which was the precursor to melatonin has really helped. I have that with some zinc, um, some glycine and magnesium. And that's a little concoction I have about an hour and a half before bed. And obviously before that, during that time, then I'm, I might watch a bit of telly and I turn all the lights out. It's nice and dark. And my sleep has definitely improved just by that morning and that evening practice. Uh, so that's that's one thing. And, and, and thanks to you guys for that information that you provided. Because uh, without this podcast, I'll, I'll be still sort of struggling with my sleep. Did we, did we talk about glycine and zinc and magnesium on the podcast? I think we've touched on them. Yeah. We have, we mate. Yeah, yeah, the glycine. Most definitely. Yeah, glycine I, we definitely spoke about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, In the sleep episode? Uh, Not in the sleep ooh, episode. No, it was no. probably the detox episode I think yeah. we spoke about glycine because yeah. glycine is amazing for uh, detox. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. yeah. Um, it's, it's supposed to you know, blunt the effects of the vegetable and seed oils. and Yeah. But it, it also helps sleep and... Mm. Yeah, but that, maybe that's a whole podcast. And it's super cheap. Glycine. It's such yeah. a good, I love something. Yeah. Uh, so I love glycine because it's yeah. cheap. It's really yeah. cheap. Yeah. And it tastes really good, hey? Like it does. I think it's me and you were, were joking around about yeah. like it's a little glass of sugar almost. Like, yeah. I think, do you have a quarter of a teaspoon yep. in the nighttime? Yeah, I'm yep. the same. And I mixed in with probably half a cup of water and I swallow my vitamins with that and I really look forward to yeah, it. It's yeah, quite, <laughs> it's quite treat. sweet. Yeah. yeah, I give it to my kids if they go to a party and they've had too many chips or something. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, well, yeah, right. Try and blunt that. Yep. Vegetable yeah, vegetable oil effect and yeah. inflammation. Well, yeah. it's all about me. Also, just increased my zone two cardio. Um, made it more a, a prominent feature of my training program. So at least once, try twice a week, and have also just introduced some heat therapy, which I really don't enjoy. So I've been mm. to the sauna now uh, twice, uh, and probably will go this afternoon as well. Um, I struggle with the heat. I find it really uncomfortable and I, f I get quite agitated and anxious from it. But I just know that that's in my head and I need to overcome that because I was the same with the cold therapy. It really took my breath away to have that <laughs> that feeling. Well, I don't get that anymore. Uh, and I know I just need to adapt to this heat therapy. So the other day I did 10 minutes straight up in the, um, I think it was a uh, uh, the infrared sauna. Mm. I had a break for three minutes where I, I did some cold shower and went back for seven minutes into the, the sauna, got out for another three with a cold shower and did another five. And that was enough for me. Um, I'm, I really do struggle with the heat. Um, but, yeah, I'll keep at it. But definitely some things have definitely changed my life since starting this podcast. And thanks to you fellas for uh, introducing it to me. Yeah, it's all about the one percenters, isn't it, a lot of mm. the time? It's about making those little small everyday changes I think which are the ones that actually really pay big dividends in the end like one of the uh, bits of feedback I've heard a little bit from this show some people have said oh you talk about so much stuff it's almost overwhelming like I could never do all of that and I think the interesting thing is um, 
I don't think any of us are doing exactly every single thing that we've spoken about across this show. Like we might be doing the vast majority of it, or you know, maybe some of us doing every single thing. But I think the really important thing is uh, I'll go. I resonate a lot with what Mick said is about sort of um, honouring your own health and making those little incremental changes that you can do to sort of make your life better. So. Mick, when I was listening to you and you were talking about uh, like when your wife was ill and uh, bringing up a family and stuff like that, you always put your own health right at the very bottom. And, and I can really, minus the sick wife, but just being a dad and having a really busy life, uh, before this podcast, I always sort of uh, thought about myself as being the, the tough male who needs to suck it up and I'll put everyone else first and then whatever I can do for myself, uh, I would sort of think of myself as last and that was my role or that's what I thought of my role. And I think the biggest thing that I've taken out of this podcast is sort of uh, still showing up as a dad and a husband and doing all the things I want to do, but also honouring my own uh, health and my own needs a bit more. And for me, one of the biggest things has been uh, been sleep, like getting enough sleep, because I would always trade uh, some of my sleep for getting things done around the house and I'd stay up late at night and maybe try and tidy up a bit or you know do some dishes or tidy up some loose ends. And I always thought, oh, yeah, sleep, I'm going to suck that one up and I can just catch up on it later. And I think we did that sleep episode and I really realised that you actually can't really catch up on that. Like once you lose it, if you don't catch up within a day or two, you know, it's kind of just a deficit that's going to have a cumulative like negative effect on you. So uh, for me, sleep has been uh, been a really big one. Um, but also, yeah, tons of little one percenters. We were sort of fairly down the rabbit hole of uh, like low tox and natural and uh, probably for five years or so, we've been um, all our personal care products have sort of been uh, natural and organic, and we've uh, shied away from uh, we don't we drink like unchlorinated, unfluoridated. Is that a word? Unfluorinated. We'll make it a word. Yeah, yeah, it's a word now. <laughs> fluoridated. <laughs> fluoridated. We'll yeah, there's three versions. Today. So pick it. Well. <laughs> um, so we've always sort of been of that way, and we've used natural uh, sunscreens and things like that. Um, but the biggest one for me has been. Um, uh, exercise so I've always been a keen uh, sort of mountain bike rider and we're on a bit of property and I'm always outside uh, seems like just endlessly uh, working and I always sort of thought oh well that's my exercise you know I'm sort of moving all day and I'm sort of doing this low level uh, movement with some some lifting and some stuff all the time but um, I'm sort of real really realizing the importance now in my middle age of doing some more uh, sort of formal exercise where I'm really trying to target uh, some specific things so uh, thank you to you guys. That Zone 2 episode was really killer since we did that or, or leading up to that, doing some research. I've been doing regular uh, Zone 2, which I've really been enjoying. Um, I think it's got some amazing benefits and I sort of never came across that in my uh, longevity study too much was the, the really amazing benefits of um, sort of that strict Zone 2. Um, it is a bit of a time thing. Um, obviously, you need to do that minimum sort of 45 minutes to an hour and you need to do it ideally three or four times a week. And I've probably been doing it three times a week, uh, maybe just for the last, uh, I don't know, month or so, I guess. Uh, but I really, I've sort of read the science behind it and I really believe in it. Uh, and and for me to implement something, I really need to to believe in it. And then when I make my mind up, then I sort of enjoy doing it. So I think that's another thing that I've really um, taken away, which has been, um, well, will hopefully pay dividends in the future. Mm. I like that it's so easy. It is easy. Like it's not... Um, you know, sometimes you think about like a really hard workout or something you're going to do and it's like, oh God. Like, yeah. But you think about zone two, it's like, oh, I, I have a chance to uh, listen to a podcast or listen to some music or yeah. watch something on uh, telly sometimes. If I'm in a gym that's got a telly. Or like a dog, not, yeah. You know, or whatever, like yeah. whatever it is, you know, you can be out in nature. Yeah. Um, it's like a, it's something that you look forward to. There's no downside to it. Yeah. The only downside to it is you have to make the time. Yeah. But that yeah. again comes back to that thing that I was talking about where I always thought the tough male uh, role model was someone who put themselves last and selflessly tried to do things for people. And I think that's a common thing that a lot of men possibly fall into because yeah. you feel like that uh, protector and provider and all that sort of stuff. But I think it's so important that we honour uh, ourselves uh, and our own needs as well and then integrate that and I think you actually show up better as a husband and a dad if you do that. So That's yeah. a great call, mate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like the, it's uh, the oxygen mask on the aeroplane going down, isn't it? They tell you to put yours on first before yeah, you put your kids right. on. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Because yeah. then you can function a lot better yeah. when you're breathing oxygen. So Yes, yeah, so well, for me, sleep's a big one. Like, I do get a bit cranky if I'm sleep-deprived. Yep, same. And, um, 
I was probably running on six hours for like a long time and I'm someone I think I need between eight and nine hours I think you know how they say everyone's got a slightly different sweet spot mm. well I think for me my sweet spot's probably eight or eight and a bit yeah so I've really been trying to honour that and I'm I'm like a bit of an old man now I'm going to bed at like 8.30 a lot of nights really uh, yeah, yeah I just I just feel good because I like to uh, my young daughter is a real early bird uh, and my wife to a certain extent is an early bird as well and I've always been the opposite when I was young I worked a lot of hospitality and I got really used to going to bed very late and waking up late so I'm trying to retrain myself and I've done well and I'm similar to you. I take some sleep supplements. Uh, I take um, the glycine and I have used HTP in the past. Um, but now I find if I go to bed at 8.30, uh, I can sort of wake up quite early in the morning naturally and I really try to aim for a natural wake up rather than being woken up. So I feel like you know your sleep cycle is complete and you're ready to wake up and I just find if I can do that, I feel so much better. So I'm happy to even be awake and just sort of, sort of be lying in bed and then I wait for everyone else to start stirring and hear sounds yeah. of movement and I can get up and just feel fresh. Yeah, cool. Uh, so lots to be said about that good. natural oh, waking and so much, yeah. falling asleep. Yes. When yeah. the sun goes down. Mm. Yep. After the sun goes down and then waking as the sun comes up. Yeah. And and the last part for me I was going to mention quickly line. was um, afternoon sunlight. I love it. That late uh, afternoon yeah. sunlight when it's golden, you know, that yeah. period just before the sun down. Yep. Uh, like last night, my wife and my little girl were outside and we were sort of just running around and we went for a little walk and it was just so nice. Like the birds are all out doing their last little thing for the day and the noises and the, the colour of light. Mm. It's just amazing and it, I think it's a really good trigger for your uh, circadian rhythm to sort of signal that, you know, we're, we're darkening down here slowly and that change in light and yeah. just that different input into your eye. And, yeah, it's a really nice time to um, be outside, especially yep. when it's been a hot day. It's yeah. nice when it's a bit cooler and, yeah. yeah, it's really nice time to just go out and connect in nature. It must be lovely up there in your property as well where there'd be no traffic, no sirens, no... Yeah, it's a bit dusty up there at the moment. It's yeah. a, a long, dry summer. It has been a uh, dry summer. It's a dust bowl, mate, to be yeah. honest. Uh, yeah. But it's still nice to be outside, try and get our feet on the earth and yep. um, just breathe in some fresh air and stuff. Yeah, yeah. 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 some fresh dust. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, wanted, I wanted to touch on something you said uh, partway through there. It was talking about sort of... Not compliance with the, all the things we do, but the uh, the 80-20 rule, you guys aware yeah, of this one? Yes. So, you know, 80% of the time you're doing you, you're doing the right thing, 20% of the time you might yep. not. So it was interesting that you mentioned, you know, all the things that we do and, you know, we I often get on here and I, t- you know, talk about it. That's a lot of the feedback that I've received is, there's a lot going on. There's a lot I should be doing that I'm not doing. It's, it is yep. overwhelming. Yep. And I often think about that 80-20 rule of if 80% of the time you're doing the best you can, 20%. Yeah. You, you aim for 100%. Yep. But you're probably going to get about 80. And, yeah. and we're this. I mean, I know I'm the same. Yep. I did just talk about not having a beer, but I'll have a beer every now and then. I'll have some chips that are cooked in vegetable oil, you know, I know the risk that I'm taking. Sometimes I'll avoid it. Like I I can do things like I'll get on a plane and I'm not going to eat any of that plane food because I know it's filthy. I'm not going to have any of the soft drinks. I know I can do that. I know, I know I can avoid some things here and there. Other times, you know, you maybe go to the pub, you have a few chips, maybe you have a burger every now and then, you have a bit of gluten, you have a bit of mm. vegetable oil, you know. It's about balance, isn't it? That's right. It's about yeah, having a healthy balance and yeah. still enjoying your life and still, you know, just having some control and yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. You, you could that. go full, full, hundred percent, full blown on it and become an absolute recluse. Yep. and you know, avoid everything. You would be a difficult person to yes, yeah, interact and, with. Yeah, and, and probably after a while, people aren't going to want to ask you to the pub or for yeah. a, for a meal out or something like that, you know. So yeah. we, we still need to enjoy our lives. And, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. we're just talking about little inc- incremental things. Mm-hmm. And, and like you spot on, mate, 80-20 rule, you know, just find the little things that you can do. And and most of the stuff that we talk about is free. Now, how yeah. hard is it to get out of, the, out of bed in the morning, go to the front door, look at the sun, mm. um, have a cold shower, yeah. you know, do these little things, um, eliminate remember, a lot of things. I That's remember the one thing that really set, you know, you talk about Pete Evans. We haven't talked about Pete Evans, but I remember him saying, and it was like a, tw- it was like a twelve-second grab, and he just got shut down. And it's almost like he lost his career over talking about early morning sunlight and yeah. looking into the sun. Yeah, I remember and you that. know, yeah. like he was on Sunrise, 
Yeah. And those kind of shows, yeah. funnily enough, the irony. Yeah. Um, look at this. Look at <laughs> this. Yeah. You get, this guy gets <laughs> it. Yeah. He, he got, he got, he got, so he got lambasted yeah. for Pete Evans recommends you looking into the sun and burning your retinas out yeah. and all yeah. this yeah. stuff. Directly yeah. looking into the yeah. sun. And the interview he did about sunlight, they took that little grab and said, look at this crackpot. Mm. Yeah. He tells you to look in directly into the sun. And then they had guests come on and experts in the field saying, no, no, you don't look directly in the sun. Look at this guy's crazy. Yeah. But his message for that 30-minute interview that he did in between those bits, yeah. It was, was the benefits of. Was, yeah, it was. The danger of the grab. They yeah, can get you every that's time. right. They yeah. can make you sound yeah. crazy or like a genius. Well, they do it to a lot of people, grab, don't they? Of course, they do yeah. it to Jordan Peterson a lot. Absolutely. You know, yeah. all these Mainstream guys media are, are just a joke. Yeah. I don't even, I can't even, I don't even give them the, the um my, my listenership or all no, yeah. my time i just i find them just disgusting yeah. just they're just they're just talking heads behind a counter just talking rabbiting off on off a screen of what's been delivered from their corporate ownership you know just yeah. they just fuck me off i hate them yeah. I, I, I mean you talk you talked a little bit before about non-alcoholic beers and and the market going that way because that's what the market demand demands and that's the same with these kind of things we mm. If people didn't demand and listen to these people and give them their money, things would be different, right? But mm. it's it's still the same thing. Is know, it like slowly people, turning? I up, think so. You know, like yeah. more. You know, all the, you look at the US and all the US news um, channels uh, have less listenership than Joe Rogan's podcast. Yeah, you know, like people are like, and Joe Rogan often says this: people are after more meaningful discussions. So you know, a lot of his podcasts go for two or three hours. And I'm quite happy to listen to them, mm-hmm. but people, people want to be engaged in a more deeper level of of discussion than just snippets like you know five people on a screen talking about one point and arguing bit against the narrative. You know, yeah. it's just. Is it? It's I think their time is nearly done. Yeah, it's also funny that everywhere you go, in you go in a waiting room in the doctors, any reception. Um, you know, a, a mess room, wherever it might be, you've got the talk morning talk shows up on the screen. It's like we it's mm. background noise that we have to have there. So why do we always have that on? Yeah, I really think Shut it's a dying industry, isn't it? It's it's on its deathbed, really. Well, I hope I, so. I think I think there's too but, many options now, like technology, yeah. and we've spoken about the downside of technology, but it's also giving us access to. Uh, like alternative media and alternative sources of entertainment. So we're not just – if you think back in the 80s, it was just that TV. Was it. yeah. It was the TV or it was, or was, it was the nothing, main man, yeah. you know. And, and they were kind of gods, you know, and perhaps media outlets were a little bit more uh, honest in the way they reported the news back then maybe. I don't know. But I think the feeling amongst a lot of people now is that you're not really getting – you're getting a very – uh, twisted idea, biased, exactly right idea of what's going on. One's so a right wing media, exactly one's a left wing right. media. Particularly and if you watch that American one, then you, you're that side. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so that's very American, but I, I do know. feel like uh, that is like a legacy thing. Mm. You're talking about TVs being on, and yeah, you know, we all work at an employer, and there is a TV, and it's generally in the morning. You would see just some, I don't know what they're called, sunrise or whatever, mm. on. Um, I don't really know anyone that watches it anymore. I think people are looking for different alternative sources um, to get their information. Yeah. yeah. And the beauty of uh, media, I guess, is that when they're bullshitting to us, they're on record forever. Mm. And that's really come to light in this last week when it's now been um, uh, admitted that the COVID-19 origin was from a lab in Wuhan, China. That has now the mm. FBI, after it's all its investigations and all the other investigative uh, agencies, have announced that, yep, it came from a, a lab in China. Is it, is it, has that been announced, has yep. it? Can yep. we fact check you on that? <laughs> yeah, well, there's an interview uh, for the FBI, the head of the FBI, uh, who he, he's announcing this on, on mainstream television. Really? And I guess being mainstream television, there could be an agenda behind that. Who knows? Because I don't listen to mainstream television, I miss that one. But <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, yeah. I heard it on on some sort of podcast and then I watched wow. Sky News and Sky News was showing it and also Fox News was showing it. But I guess, you know, there's two... Right-wing media, right? Right-wing media is there. <laughs> but um, it, it also is appearing in, in other literature as well. So in newspapers and that were against that whole thing. And, and what I'm getting to here is... Back when that theory was announced that it could have come from 
a, a lab in Wuhan. Uh, everyone who said it was denounced as a conspiracy theorist. Tinfoil hatter. Tinfoil hatter. And, and they, were de- they actually termed racist for saying that it come from China. Now you've got all these so-called journalists two years ago, but all their footage is coming up saying what, what they were saying at the time and how they were, you know, denouncing Trump because he said it come from China and they call him a racist and all this sort of thing. You know, it's just and, – and then – He the, kept calling it the China virus. Yeah, mm. will it come from China? Yeah. I think the interesting thing there, though, is – and the, 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 the thing to just consider uh, around the messaging and how that does come out is – without diving into this too much is, is we also know that a lot of American funding went into that lab that that's right potentially released that virus. Exactly. So, yep. so then terming it a Chinese, the Chinese virus is, you know, just because that's its point of origin, you know, you could enter into a debate that that's, that's inaccurate. That's you right. know, are we going to, are we going to call it an American funded Chinese virus? You know, um, <laughs> exactly. Spot you know, on. How, how, how far do we go with this? So yeah. I, I think the important thing to remember in this uh, for everyone in terms of, you know, of that whole rigmarole is, is to be discerning in the information that you choose to take in. And I think that's what we're saying around media. You know, I, I was just sitting here listening then guys. And one of the things that I, you know, I, I can't believe we missed is we talked about removing toxins and things like that. Probably the first thing we should have said is removing fucking mainstream media. Mm. It's the most toxic thing we consume. Yeah. Unfortunately, you though, know, mate, and, and we've all done that. Unfortunately, when they come out with some sort of um, incorrect message, that first message seems to sink in, I'd say at least 60, 40, right? So say it sinks in. To most people, sixty percent would absorb that news. Now, if that that news, which is incorrect, is then corrected, I'd say probably forty percent, maybe at least, of people see that correction. So then, there's always this majority have seen the original post. And I'll give you an example. So the ABC here in Australia went to report on the Alice Springs um, thing that's gone up there. So Alice Springs local government have removed the um, the alcohol ban, uh, particularly with the Indigenous communities struggling with, with alcoholism. Since I've done that, uh, there's been a lot of unruly behaviour with um, Indigenous youths in the town and a lot of damage happening and stuff like that. So the town got together to uh to to try to sort it out uh they had a community meeting there was indigenous people there were non-indigenous people in the meeting an abc reporter went up there to report on that meeting she actually arrived late so the doors were closed but she um in her presentation announced that she was denied entry into the into the meeting and then she made the claim that the meeting was majority white supremacists at this meeting so that hit the ABC News at 6pm. Now, the majority of people will see that, but then it wasn't until an alternative individual news source, I think it might have been Rebel News, dug up a little bit more information on that, that journalist, and she was actually wasn't even in the meeting. So here she is commenting on a meeting, calling people at the meeting who are concerned about their township and, and what's going on there, white supremacists. And it wasn't even, it wasn't even the case. And so how many people then get to see that correction? That's what I find disturbing. Do you understand what I mean? So yeah, I do. majority of people see the 6pm news on ABC, think the ABC is a legitimate organisation, which I question myself. To. It used to be. Yeah, yeah, I used to think ABC was very yeah. credible. Yeah, you'd go there to get your, your proper news. A few years ago, yeah. Mm. yeah. It's been infiltrated. I think that they're, they're in the same boat as everyone else. They're trying to capture a dwindling market and doing sensationalist stuff like that mm. gets people to click on it. And you're right. You probably don't see the correction, but they don't give a shit. All mm. they're trying to do is get you in. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're not. So what you're saying, mate, is that a sign of their desperation, of their their lowering listening audience or watching audience? Are they desperate? Well, I, th- I think they're probably trying to capture, yeah, people that are elsewhere getting their their – media news from elsewhere i mean you know we've we've probably all just sort of said oh 
that was a credible place to go, the ABC, and mm. now we can't. Mm, well, have I you heard know. in recent news there's been a lot of countries bringing out truth uh, departments or like um, anti-facts checker. checker or anti-misinformation, disinformation mm. organisations. So some, a lot of taxpayers' money are going into these agencies to monitor truth. And I don't know how you do that because mm. what's one person's truth? Yeah, whose truth? <laughs> whose truth are we abiding by? But the, my, my point is what, what they're actually, these agencies are now targeting are podcasts. So yeah. podcasts are now on the agenda as being too much of a source of misinformation and disinformation. Mm. Of information it, where people get information from. <laughs> so that's what they're saying is, well, we've got to shut that down. Because now they're not listening to us in the mainstream media. They're going elsewhere, exactly. like we were just talking about, yep. to get more information, proper information maybe. This takes me back to a year ago at the beginning of this podcast, how it came about. And really, if you think back one year ago, we were deep into uh, mandates, masking, um, mandatory vaccination, all this sort of stuff. And I remember uh, Rue having a conversation with you about the importance of or how good would it be if people were embracing um, natural health in order to increase their wellness. We are looking at this society of people walking around and you couldn't see anyone's face. They were all masked. Everyone was terrified. The world really was shut down. You couldn't travel. Um, you know, people uh, were forced out of work for vaccine mandates. And it takes me back to our motivation for this podcast was really to share to those people that agree with our point of view in natural health and the benefit of uh, incorporating this stuff into your daily life. And that was our sort of mission, wasn't it? To spread this out to people as a as a service of, you know, essentially what, what we believe. It was. It's sort of been a great help to all of us, but that was our motivation. Like this is our little source of interest because it's an area that all interests us, but we're our own little media outlet in a way sort of putting out our truth about um, about ancestral health. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess a lot of people are doing that and a lot of podcasts and things like that and yeah, maybe governments don't like it. Mm. I mean, we were joking in the depths of COVID about they were talking about obviously masking and staying indoors and not socialising and that and we were talking about how good would it be if people got out in the sun and yep. breathed some fresh air and got some vitamin D and, yeah. you know. Ate well. Ate well, yeah. exercised. At not one point during that whole fiasco was nutrition no. discussed. I mean, they weren't letting people go to the beach for a surf. Mm. I mean, what was going to happen? Yeah. Was a bloody dolphin going to pop out of the waves and yeah. cough COVID into your lungs? I remember the <laughs> water police out there. Um, and, <laughs> in and, salt water, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah. On their speakers. Surfers, surfers, surfing is an outdoor activity. Yeah. Go back home. Look, we're out there, like, yeah, sitting in the ocean far away from other people. But here's my take on it. I believe there are a lot more people out there in society who are starting to believe in natural health yeah yeah and this model which seemed this conventional model which seems to be getting further and further away from nature and from common sense of just this pharmaceutical fear-based approach so i think there is a ground a groundswell of interest in this area yeah and uh yeah i hope people can incorporate some of it into their life like you listen to our podcast and we're not saying it's not a pass or fail like incorporate every single thing we talk about otherwise you're not going to do well just incorporate one thing yeah. So, something that if there's Something's, one podcast that yeah. interests you and you think, oh, maybe I could get a bit more sleep or maybe I should eat a little differently or whatever, mm. it's going to be life-changing. And you might find that down the track after you've done that for three or six months or three weeks or three days, you might think, oh, I could do something else. And yeah. it's all about making small, positive, incremental changes and moving away from this other system, isn't it? And if you know of a family member or a friend that's struggling, maybe just send them a podcast or something. Send, in, send them an episode you know, and just um, spread the word. Mm. Yeah, or just lead by example. Yeah, let people see how well and healthy and energetic you look and feel. Mm. And don't you find when you're around someone, they just emanate uh, positivity and wellness when things are going well in their life and they're sort yep. of well. Yeah, you see some people who aren't, maybe aren't doing so well and they, they look visibly yeah. ill. Yeah, you know, if you That's look well, people might think, "Oh, I wonder what he's doing." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, guys, that just to add a bit to that Maddie as well there's nothing more self-empowering than taking control of your own health yeah you know like you, you, I guess what we've said is and, and we don't we don't profess to be experts we're only like we constantly you know say on this podcast just to be clear we're just talking about what has worked for us 
but what we have all done individually is prior to going and seeking advice from external bodies or uh, professionals, we've, we've taken ownership of different health issues that have arisen or different scenarios that have arisen within our lives and we've explored them ourselves. And if we, if we've then needed to go and, uh, fatten up our, our, I guess, or broaden our spectrum of awareness or information or knowledge, we've done that. Uh, and if that, if that involved going and speaking to a professional in a, in a relevant area, we've also done that. However, the, the initial thing, and, and this was something that, that I think was born out of what we started this for as well is, don't just watch the TV and be dictated to how dictated to in relation to how you maintain your health. Have, have, have some thought in it for yourself. It is natural for you to get outside. It's natural for you to get in the sun. It's natural for you to move. It's natural for you to consider how am I eating? You know, these are all things like Rue said earlier, they're free. You can be in control. And if you implement the 80%, you'll probably live a very healthy life. Uh, and so I think it's overwhelming for people when they start out because the contemplation of the fact that they've actually been deferring to other people for a long time in relation to their own health. And, and I don't know what you guys think about that, but that can be quite confronting for some people to go, well, hold on, no one knows me as well as I know me. Does that make sense? Definitely, mate. I think you might have um, taken Smitty's uh, end of episode Yoda spiel or w- words of wisdom there because um, that'd be a great way to finish. Yeah, I love it. That's what we're all about. Spot on. Good stuff. Yeah. What do you reckon? Should we get our air guitars ready or what? I think so. I reckon. Let's get them ready. Let's do it. Good to chat with you guys. Good on you guys. It's a good little chat. Thanks, legend. All right. See you boys until next week. Yeah. Get, get in touch ready. with Thanks us if God. you want. Yeah. Modern Ancestral Man at Gmail. Get on the Instagram, Modern Ancestral Man. Flick us a message. Getting a few messages these days. It's good. Good to interact. Thank you to the listeners. Hey, guitar.